And uh, everyone, please be kind. And I fucked that up. <laughs> My face is so red for you. <laughs> I don't know. Wake up to a new morning. Pop in a little nostalgia. Just be kind and listen to the rewind. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the rewind. This is Keenan. And this is Jonah. So we are here today to talk about the pilot episode of Naomi. It's a new uh, superhero show on the CW. I think at the time of recording, the first two episodes have aired. um, And at this point, I've seen the pilot at least three times. (laughs) Uh, uh, So needless to say, I fully enjoyed it. Jonah, just before we dive into it, how do you feel about the show? Um, well, I've only seen the pilot one time and it was literally right before this recording. <laughs> um, so it's very fresh on my mind at this point. And um, overall, overall, I was very interested. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it's fascinating for a variety of different reasons, but it also left me with, as I think it was intended to, a lot of questions and some mm-hmm. confusion. Mm-hmm. So I'm dying to get into that with you. Yeah. Uh, her tagline in the comics is stay curious. So yeah, well, they certainly you know, that's, they certainly honored that. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's, let's just like dive right in. Uh, so this is just a basic about the show or, or the character in general. Uh, Naomi is an American superhero drama television series uh from Oscar nominee and Emmy winner Ava DuVernay and Jill Blankenship of Arrow fame. Uh, This is based on a comic book series of the same name, co-written by Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker and illustrated by Jamal Campbell. Uh, It premiered on the CW January 11th, 2022. The show stars Casey Walfall of Army Wives Power and The Lion King on Broadway fame. And the title role of Naomi McDuffie. Jonah, Sorry, tell was... us. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You're about to do what I was going to ask you to do, and that is give us the plot. So <laughs> go ahead and do that. Well, I was going to say also um, the actress that they cast for Naomi is just perfect in every way. She's just so adorable. And she is. She really embodies what I think they're in- intending for that character to be. Yes. Um, and that's just me saying something based off of having no experience with this story beforehand mm-hmm. and not familiar with the comics or the character. So um, I'm really into her. I love watching her on screen. And I'll just say yeah. that. They so re- they re-released the books to like have her on the cover. Oh. But, like this is Naomi and the comics. Can you see? Interesting. I'm getting like some storm vibes. Well, her... Bit. Her powers, Manta, are, of course, everyone, spoilers for um, the show coming up. We are this, we will do all spoilers for the pilot episode. I won't go too much into the comic book world. We do know that she's a superhero and her, uh, but we are going to get there. I feel like she will come to discover her full powers by the end of the season. Um, But it has something to do with like, energy manifesting or mm-hmm. something uh i haven't gotten that far in the book yet i've only read the first four of six so yeah we'll get there 
So the general plot is Naomi McDuffie is a comic book loving teenager and the host of the third most popular Superman fan website. After a supernatural event occurs in her hometown of Port Oswego, Oregon, Naomi sets out to determine its origins with the help of her best friend, her supporting adoptive parents, and a tattoo shop owner with a secret origin. So let's dive into some of these characters. Like at the top of the show, we're going to meet Casey Walfall as Naomi McDuffie, who is, as I say, a confident comic book loving teenager who discovers she has superpowers. So we meet her and we realize, okay, Naomi is popular. She is smart. She is, she can move around and in social into like different social circles which is something I really love watching her do and just kind of like in her own environment. It was beautiful. Yes, that I, and I want to say on that, I actually, that was the first note that I made when I was watching it is that I love that this origin story opens with a heroine to be who is living her best life, popular, talented, happy, instead of that overplayed hero origin story that often finds them down on their luck, overlooked, miserable, struggling to find their footing in society, extremely unconfident. Um, she's very confident, very beloved. And so that's that's a breath of fresh air in itself. Right. Like right at the top of the show, we learn that she's running the third most popular Superman fan site. And then she calls out number one and two. It's like, I'm coming for you. Like, Yes, yes, Naomi. Yes, yes. ma'am. Ambitions. Love okay. it. Then we meet Mary Charles Jones as Annabelle, Naomi's loyal best friend, Babe. Babe. Her use of Babe was very cute to me. And I just, I loved her. She is such a good friend. Mm-hmm. She's adorable. I loved her. Um, there's, and I'll save this for my favorite moment later, but there's just like this, little like off screen line that she delivers that I was like, same, same Annabelle, same. (laughs) Um, We meet Naomi's parents. Uh, We have, oh God, please don't let me fuck this up. Muzam Makar as Jennifer McDuffie, who is uh, Naomi's adoptive mother, who's a linguist. I don't know if we, if they say that in the first episode, Mm. but I guess I would, uh, make sense why Naomi rattled off like French gym, Mandarin maybe and Russian at the top mm, of the first episode. Yeah, right. Um, just like a little basic uh, greeting phrase. And then we have old seventh heaven Barry Watson as Barry Watson. Duffy, When I uh, saw him, was... I literally wrote Barry Watson! Exclamation! <laughs> okay, like Daddy Barry Watson, he's like Fully an adult, very salt and pepper. I was into it. I was like, okay, Barry, I remember like crushing on you as older brother from Seventh Heaven. It is so trippy to me to watch him like as an older man and being a father in a father role. Cause I feel like I haven't really, I don't know that I've really seen him much in a father role before this. And his voice has always been very youthful to me and very like, I don't know he's always I guess because I've always watched him in like younger roles and so to hear his voice and then to see him and then see him like especially in uniform and then like mm-hmm. his interaction with Naomi and like being a dad it's just it's trippy to me like but right. I'm very into it yes 
Um, I I was yeah. I don't think I've seen him in anything other than Seventh Heaven. Is he in? He was in some like teen movies. Um, I'll have to I'll have to hit him with an IMDb. He's definitely a nineties late nineties heartthrob. I was I just how I when I think of him, he is all. It's just wow. He is synonymous. Seventh Heaven for me. Mm-hmm. So. I should definitely check up his his uh, IMDb and check out some of his other work. Uh, we also meet what I'd like to call man a few words, <laughs> Alexander Wraith as D, a local tattoo store owner who is. We haven't uh, discussed this yet. Um, we will talk about who he is towards the end. I don't think he says it, but, you know, we have the reveal at the end of the show. So we'll save that mm-hmm. for the end. So let's talk about Naomi's potential ships. They set up three potential ships for her. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Daniel Hugh, I th- or uh, that's what I'm going to say. I hope it's not wrong. As Nathan, a jock who is Naomi's uh, ex-boyfriend. Nathan is also a military brat, and that comes into play with his dynamics with the next character, Will Mayers, as Anthony, a townie in Port Oswego, who is Naomi's friend. We can definitely tell he's into her, um, and he had some some uh, beef with Nathan, and that it's because Nathan is a military kid, and Anthony is a townie, and evidently in this in this world, townies and military kids don't get along. Yeah, and that's, I'm like, why do they keep calling him a townie? What is a townie defined as exactly? Like someone who's lived in that town their whole life? Like they are from there, born and raised, yeah. Yeah. I love that that's the thing, like, (laughs) like that's the conflict. Yeah, and I mean, (laughs) you know, you see that sometimes in like those movies where it's like, oh, we have to save the ski slope so that the like local kids could do their thing and not the, uh, those are very like 80s tropes and some Disney movies where they had to save the ski slopes or whatever, or just uh, like college. Like I'm in college and oh, they're just a townie. Like they work here, like they live here. They don't, they're just not like associated with being a college student. They're also a townie because they are from there. I think that's something that it's probably a concept we don't see a lot here in Hattiesburg because a lot of people that go to Southern do live here. And then we have an equal amount of people coming in from other places. So I don't remember that being a big deal when I was in college. Yeah, me either. But that was the thing. And then we meet, uh, Camilla Marino as Lourdes, a young woman and comic book enthusiast with a sarcastic sense of humor who works in a vintage collectible shop. I like Lourdes. A rad sense of style. Yes. I love her whole, like, aesthetic. Yes. So as I watched this episode, I was like, okay, I see Nathan's, like, little cutie. Okay, yes. Anthony... I was like, okay, I don't, I don't care about this kid. And then Lourdes, I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, do I ship, <laughs> do I ship Naomi with Nathan because of, you know, black love? Or do I ship Naomi and Lourdes for that queer storyline? I'm torn. Hmm. I love that they gave her like a trifecta of like 
potential, you know, mm-hmm. love affairs. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. That's so soap opera of me to say. But like, I and I love that they made one same sex and they didn't make a thing of it. It was very normal, normalized, yes. and which yes. I think the CW does very well. Um, I, I, okay, I will say I took to both um Nathan I took to him very quickly I don't know why I just really liked him and her with him um uh, also Lorda's um I was intrigued by her but she seemed a little shady to me at first and I couldn't figure out if it was just because of the way the actress was playing that particular scene when they that first scene that we see her in with with um Naomi um but I was side-eyeing her a smidge. Well, because I need to know how old Lourdes is. Like, Lourdes, Lourdes has lived some life. Because Lourdes, how does she know how to pick a lock like that? Lourdes, we, and I will even say this for the second episode. We don't see her in school. Like, the, when we see Lourdes again, I think she's, like, picking them up in her car. So, like, how old is Lourdes? Like, why are you flirting with this 16-year-old girl? Mm, yeah. How know. old are you, Lourdes? Like, I want to know that she's, like, 17 and was just, like, she had a short day, so she was work. She, like, leaves school early to work or something, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I know my senior year, we, like, if you had enough credit, if you had all your hours, you could leave early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Or maybe she's fresh out of high school and so it's not as creepy. Yeah, I don't know. I want to know. I feel like there's going to be a story behind Lourdes, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. We shall see. But, like, Will Will Myers, who plays Anthony, I don't know. I had, like, a... I was a little turned off by him. I don't know why. I think it's because he felt like a trope in a way. Like, he felt like that sort of dorky side friend who is um who's fanning after um the main character you know mm-hmm. and that she may be into him but she also may not be in it you know but he's like yeah. really into her you know it just felt very been there done that and right. um I don't know like he was adorable but like I just didn't yeah I want to know what happened between Naomi and Nathan like you know that made them break up I want to know what that case was, but because yeah. I feel like Naomi, and especially after watching the second episode, she may be like a little oblivious to the flirting that happens, but it seems like Lourdes is the only one that she has like flirted with. That scene at the top of the episode with Nathan, I think that was just really good chemistry and a good back and forth, but like she flat out was like, Lourdes, call me. Even if it's not about yes, things. She made that move, honey. And look, I I I think it's I think she knows exactly what she's doing, honestly. I think she's playing the field a little bit. I think she's having yeah. fun because she she even says it at the top of the episode when she's talking to her dad, I believe, and he mm-hmm. he's kind of like teasing her about dating three different people in a short amount of time or something like that. And and she's like, What? They're all my friends. I like them all for different reasons. I'm like, oh, yes i love that like let's not slutify people i'm not that her dad was doing that but like you know there was a little like there was a line about having to choose that i was like you probably could have 
reworded like they probably could have reworded that line a bit differently specifically when it was like her talking about the conversation is like these two guys and this one female and he's talking about choosing i think could be read wrong you think it could be perceived as him saying choosing male or like, female like, yeah yeah oh see i didn't even catch that i i i just thought that he yeah. was talking about just one of the three instead yeah. of bouncing around and, and i think that was probably the intent but it i clocked it when i watched it the first time and then it just like got louder each other time mm. i watched it um i i i'm like i don't think she has a choose i'm like she's a teenager she's in high school like why do yeah. you have to settle down with one person no. when you're that young i'm like and they're all cool with each other or for the most part i think right. like I think like maybe Nathan right. and Anthony have some, but to me that doesn't that feels yeah. forced. Like that whole plot line of them being at con- in conflict because one's a townie and one's like military brat, but also I, I do appreciate that they threw in that Nathan admitted that he was a little jealous of Anthony because uh, was it because liked she him. liked him? I think yeah. because she liked him. Yeah, because she liked him. Yeah. They do a good job of introducing these characters and continuing to grow them. Okay. And I think they do a really good job, even in within the town of Puerto Suego, like sitting like, this is the scene, like this is our town. We're going to build it out with her, like taking her skateboard to school. And you're going to just start learning more about the town and the people. And I, I love it when they can build the, the city around the, the story. Mm-hmm. It's like when they started expanding Sunnydale. And you would yes. see Buffy like walking around and there's a coffee shop in the movie yes. theater. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see a college <laughs> in season four and you're like, where the hell did this college where come from? Like, across town. <laughs> what? How big is Sunnydale? Like, there's just a high school transformed. <laughs> <laughs> like I um yeah, I'm very into and I can we just talk about how badass she is without skateboard? Like I'm like, I love that they're bringing skateboards back. I'm like, skateboards have been having their moment for a little yeah. while now again. And I'm, I'm like, although I can never do that, I would bust my ass in a heartbeat and have. Break everything. <laughs> I'd break everything. I get a little nervous even watching it sometimes because like, there's a couple moments where she's like jumping around, like she's jumping over potholes. I'm like, and I was thinking how impressed I was that if that is the same actress, if it is um, uh, Casey uh, Walfall to like learning skateboarding, yeah. I was super impressed. But you can't tell always from the back. But like, right? Oh, but I feel like we got a couple of like front like shots of her like skateboarding, right? Like that actress actually skateboarding. It seems so like I. I now that's something I would be interested to find out like if mm-hmm. she if she's doing any of her own stunts so do you remember like in the the breakfast scene when uh her dad goes to high five her and then they're basically like high fives are out like uh, um, he's like up top you, like, yes. well <laughs> so, no, this is great. so and they're talking about how high five is dead well when Naomi gets to school and she like jumps that bench and comes down she high five some dude that goes, Naomi. Ah, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I after I watched the, the hypocrisy. Like, she, yeah, I was like, <laughs> did she 
like high five that dude. And when I watched it the second time, I was like, "Ooh, she did." Naomi. Oh, it's just that old dad. <laughs> old dad isn't cool enough to to pull it off. But yeah, that's funny. It's good. Love do you think that was intentional, or do you think that was an oversight? Probably an oversight. Probably a total oversight. I don't know. I want to give Ava a little bit more credit than that and say it was intentional. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm because I'm it just happens too close. The scenes are just too close. You know what I mean for it to. Yeah, but they may not have been filmed around the same time. True, true. It, it, it's yeah. very possible that because you hear all the time, like on film sets, they start oftentimes with the very last scene for yeah. some reason, and then like go backwards. And I'm always fascinated with why that is. Yeah, but that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> so we also set up this potential bad guy, played by Cranston Johnson, as Zimbardo. Uh, he is the owner of a local car lot with a hidden agenda. Shady as hell out the gate. Out the gate. Out the gate. The car lot itself looks shady as hell. <laughs> I know, right? The line when uh, Nathan is like, you'd have to be like something to, to take advantage of service members. I was fully triggered uh, mm. to <laughs> when I used to work at Circuit City. They, so, you know, like I lived on the coast, it was a military town and they were like, you gotta activate those credit cards. You have to get Circuit City card activations. And mm. it felt like we were really supposed to be going after these like soldiers when they come in. A lot of them, cause you know, there was like post 9-11 when I was working there. So they would come in to buy stuff when they're getting shipped out. Mm. And they were like, oh, like, sell them that laptop and all the digital camera and all this other stuff and get that credit card. And they weren't, they could have been any older than I was at that time. And I was 19, 20, 21, maybe. And they were like, go ahead and mess up those boys' credits because they're going <laughs> to get over there and someone else is managing their account and it may forget, they may get, you know, it may not get paid or something. And, you know, in 2000, three online payment was not as uh, easy peasy mm -hmm. as it is today yeah meanwhile Keenan was like I'm going after these soldiers but for a totally different reason <laughs> I may or may not have flirted with a few to get a sale mm. I had a quota do I feel shame now a little bit no I feel no shame <laughs> well I'm like oh god how many how many people's credits got screwed up because of Circuit City like that was their choice. <laughs> that was their decision. They were going to the desert. They had nothing. <laughs> they needed something to occupy their time. When I say they were like buying stacks of DVDs, they buy a bunch of DVDs and like the big CD books to put them in. Oh. Because they like, and then someone buying a laptop to like watch movies in. It was oh. always, it was like, oh, it couldn't be me. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Yes. Um, and then last but not least, we meet the final member of, of what will become our core Scooby gang. All of all of uh, Naomi's friends is uh, Aiden. Jim, gimme. <laughs> <laughs> it truly could be either. Honestly, it's a, as uh, soon as you think it's Jim, it's going to be gimme, you know, <laughs> uh, um, G-E-M-M-E. Aiden plays Jacob is Annabelle's loyal boyfriend. 
and UFO enthusiasts, which we get into in the second episode. He well, and also, at what point do they introduce him? Because I must have missed it because I didn't see, it's like almost like I threw him in at the very end whenever they were breaking into the, the car a lot. And he was, I was like, wait, where did he come from? And who he was he? at the party. He was at the party. Remember, she was like, I thought this was juice or something. And he was like, on it, babe. Oh, okay. I guess I just didn't realize they were positioning him as a side character to yeah. a recurring yeah. side character at that point. Yeah, he's her boyfriend, and he plays he's more he plays more of a role in the second episode. Okay, we're, gotcha. we're, we like get to know him a little bit better in the second episode. Okay, so I'm going to read this little synopsis of the episode. I do want to thank Wikipedia for all the wonderful information they have provided. Um, I'll go through this, and then uh, Jonah, we can chit chat about the episode Alrighty, so in port oswego oregon superman fan site host naomi mcduffie gets a test wow gets a text from her best friend annabelle informing her something related to superman is happening i do want to say like the texts that we see are very similar to the text in the comic book and i thought that was very cool that oh, cool. they like adapted that um now i want a superman shield emoji i don't know if it exists mm. uh, but apple get on that superman emoji um <clears throat> so as naomi's like trying to get there she passes out on her way to the event uh, when she comes to she learns she missed an apparent battle between superman and a blue-skinned villain um i think that villain in the comics is called mongrel after reviewing security footage, she sees Superman and also seems to recognize Dee, a tattoo artist in the town. Uh, when confronted by Naomi and Annabelle, Dee confesses to staging the event for publicity. At a debate, Naomi passes out again, and she's told she had a panic attack. Uh, she notices a military man with a newt, with a newt, <laughs> with a note that said, Superman rocket in the woods. I don't think that's what it said uh, <laughs> i think it's yeah. like superman confirmed like superman landing confirmed or yeah, something like that like sighting or something like that i don't remember superman <laughs> rocket, rocket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> naomi goes and finds a disc with alien writing on it uh, before being confronted by simbadu a local car dealership owner who tells her they are both different air quotes uh leaves begin to swirl around naomi and she runs away leaving behind the disc that is not a great uh <laughs> description of what happened mm -hmm. later she and her friend break uh she and her <laughs> friends break into zambato's dealership I'm sorry. And they find... I'm sorry i just i just realized like how awful that it was it's just so watered down <laughs> right like, it was like oh we They're gotta like... get this whole scene into like one sentence and <laughs> So much more happened. Um, later, she and her friends break into Zambato's dealership and find a newspaper describing a UFO sighting on March 14, 2004, the same day Naomi was adopted. Naomi confronts Dee, who reveals himself to be a Thanagarian. Jonah, are you familiar with Hawk Girl and Hawk Man? Oh, okay. So I wasn't until yesterday ironically enough and that's because i'm watching smallville and i okay. got to the episode there's a two-part episode in the final season i believe 
um or it's like in the final season mm-hmm. that um where they are introduced it's the justice league or american no justice, justice society justice of america yeah, yeah. um and i was like oh wait why does this seem familiar and i feel like i have seen their images or heard the names over mm-hmm. the years in some capacity probably on like comic twitter or something like or yeah twitter yeah they are they are very um hawk girl and Hawkman are typically part of justice league teams so if you've seen any of the older justice league cartoons you Mm. will at least hawk girl is in them i Um, it's so funny it sounds like you're saying hot girl hot girl (laughs) every time i was like kina that sounds so out of character for you hawk girl (laughs) hawk hawk girl (laughs) (laughs) they are thanagarian so they're from the planet of Thanagar. It's like warlike planet. Ugh, so, very triggering. It sounds like Thanos. <laughs> so um, V talks a lot about his anxiety. And my assumptions are that when he came here from his planet, he was so used to being like this warrior-like person that he had to find a way to adapt and he's learning to cope with all those memories and the stress from being a, a warrior and Which, i just by the way he's not good at it. <laughs> he's like he's a very awkward human <laughs> like i the first thing i wrote down when we meet he was like he is ready to tell everything he's <laughs> <laughs> like I can't hold it in anymore. It's like I'm just waiting for her to ask the right, ask the right. right question, please. He was so like, I can tell you. He's he is begging with his you see it in his eyes. He's begging with his eyes. Please ask me questions about you, who you are and where you're from. Like, yes, please. That's so funny. Please. So Thanagar. So her adoption day was March 14, 2004, but that's not when she was born, right? No. No. Okay. Um, I can. You can you tell me, do you want to know her full backstory? And if you do, do you want to know it on air or off? I don't I don't know if I a part of me is interested in knowing it all up front, but I also kind of enjoy exploring it on mm-hmm. the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I may just save it for like finding out on my own in the series. Maybe we can do uh, like a special episode once the season wraps and we can talk about the season, maybe even talk about how they play out the season versus how it's adapted mm, in the, from yeah. the book. Um, Very I think, and I can let you borrow the book. It's, it's not a bad read. I'm zooming through it. I just have to take the time to do it. You know, I the art to. looks incredible. It's so good. It's so good. Um, so Yes. Let's see. What are some, what have we not talked about? Um, you know what um, I wrote down about D when I was making those? I said, D is creepy as fuck and not even trying to hide. <laughs> it's like, he's not even trying to hide the fact that he's being uber creepy right now and very shifty. Um, Let me tell you this. The mom in the comic book, she did not put up with that conversation that he had with Naomi. Mm. Because it was inappropriate? So I, um, because of how emotional she was. It, in that, like, after that confrontation and she starts asking about her adoption date, just starts asking oh. more questions. Because I don't think it comes up on the show, but in the book, 
um, she she basically jumps to the conclusion of like, is D my father? Is he my biological oh, father? Like he knew that's he knew quite the, date. the assumption. <laughs> he knew the date. That's my dad, you know. So oh, that's so funny. That um, yeah, he, no, they definitely didn't go in that direction in the show, but she did uh, get upset and was like, not I wouldn't say even upset. She just got extremely inquisitive after that to the point that it was a little distracting for me i'm not gonna lie it was i mean because it was odd that he brought it up but like mm-hmm. i was like the way she came at her parents and she was like she just kind of burst out with it it was, it was a little bit more dramatic than i was expecting and so it, it felt it took me out of it a little bit but i was like well i guess i would probably react similarly you know like if some rando just knew that information about me and you know it it was very odd and so I think when you're like in this kind of in these worlds for so long as a viewer you become more um hyper vigilant and it's hard to it's you're in it so much that it's hard to see it from an outside perspective and yeah I don't know like that's where I think I am I've just been like absorbing so much superhero content lately that I'm just hyper critical I think but um I did want to ask one of the things that just continuously confused me throughout this whole episode is why they keep referring to the Superman fight as a stunt like what's that in this world which is uh what what I was going to say so what's interesting about this world is that superheroes don't exist in this world they either just flat out don't exist or they're, well, they are only comic book characters and they're, I'm led to believe that maybe Superman is an urban legend. So. Interesting. I remember truly on, did not catch that. I mean, I yeah. really thought they were setting up as like a world where even in the previews, I, the, in the trailers, I, I saw it as like, oh, Superman is in this world mm-hmm. and she just admires him for, as a fan. Yeah. And so I I don't know. I kind of feel like they didn't do a great job of painting that picture. Well, well, they Nathan says like Superman isn't real in the top of the episode. Oh, does he? Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. catch it, that. at the party. At the party, he goes, he's not real. There's another line when she's talking about after D confesses and she's like, I see all your comments and I get it, but like normally these sites are for us to talk about the comics. You know, like this is not normal. But there's just no way that could have been a sell. Like, there was property damage. No, a lot right. of property damage. Like, D would have gone to jail, right? Right, that's like, what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, wait. He just literally confessed to a crime. Right. And she like, didn't tell anyone? Like, that That was all. Like, I feel like people were getting evacuated. Cars were flipped over. Like, chunks of, of, of brick and mortar were knocked out of the sides of buildings during this super battle like what mm-hmm. but um yeah they they don't exist in this world at all um interesting so they must have operated under the radar and when they piece all that footage together and we see this battle you see superman hovering and he like motions to d and i think that was like a stand down like i don't need your help mm. with this so, like, you don't need to reveal yourself. Continue living your life. And almost the thing- like he was waving at him. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's up? <laughs> hey, what's up? No, I think I think that's just the 
each time I look at it, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it was like sand down. Yeah, I think so too. Makes sense. Um, so yeah, this this, but it just seems weird to me, especially if you were there. I don't think I would have been like that was a stunt. I would have like y'all, Superman is real. I just like, I I saw him, like he was like kicking some dude's ass. Well, he, not, he flipped over that lady's car. Right. I I have a theory, but it doesn't. I mean, I also, of course, don't think it was a stunt, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, I there's something about it that felt a little set up. It felt a little bit like maybe something was orchestrated for him to be in that place mm-hmm. at that time to draw out Naomi's power so that she could lead Zimbardo to the disc in the woods. That's what I landed on. I feel like there had to be something about that encounter and her witnessing and then her reaction, mm-hmm. like passing out. And then, cause that's when it really starts. And then yeah. and that's she starts, starts in the to- comment. Mm-hmm. and her powers are manifesting obviously and they weren't before this incident and and then it and then Zumbado was following her and then they both ended up in the woods and and then he got the disc from her I'm like it just all felt like that's exactly how it was supposed to happen and Zumbado had something to do with that for some reason mm. I'm I'm right now Zumbado is definitely an antagonist I don't because I haven't met him in the book yet. So I'm like, oh, he's he's here early. I wonder what they're going to do with him. Mm. Um, so I don't even know what he looks like in the comic book yet. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so I'll have to let you know when I get there. I'll probably like send you a picture and be like, this is old dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let me see. Oh, let's talk about Naomi going into those woods and how Annabelle had to get her together about that. Like <laughs> you went, you went to the woods instead of coming to my house by yourself. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> and I love how Naomi told her everything right away. There was there wasn't that whole really annoying trope of like, oh, this thing happened and and mm-hmm. weird supernatural things happen around me. I guess I may have, have some sort of powers. Let me hide this information until yeah. it gives me an ulcer. Like I'm that I'm sorry. That is not realistic mm-hmm. at all for a teenager to think, oh, I have to hide this information to protect myself or other people around me. Right. Bitch, nobody. No, a yes. teenager is not thinking like that. A teenager is thinking like Naomi and they run to their best friend and tell them everything right out of the gate. Right. Well, and that's why Buffy and the Scoobies worked, right? Like, mm-hmm. because that's how you're going to have your core group of friends and you're going to tell them your secrets. Mm-hmm. And right. I think that's what I'm going to love about this group is that at least Annabelle knows. Um, yeah. About her powers. I did wonder as I was watching, I'm like, wait, is this going to end up where like they all know who she is? And then I'm like, wait, if they all know, or is it like the whole world going to know at some point? And I'm like, why can't the whole world know? Because that's mm-hmm. also a trope in the superhero world. It's like, I would, I'm would, i almost kind of like to see a plot line where the whole world does know that this person has these abilities. I like, that's one of the things I enjoy about the boys, like that show the boys is that you see the world's reaction to them and it's not how you are made to think it's going to be in like stories like Smallville or um well doesn't doesn't Starlight didn't some of them maintain a secret identity she did she did because she 
she wanted those to be separate like she felt like starlight was uh, more of like a publicity character and um because she's a little more authentic than the others but the other ones were pretty much just embodied their characters and they were just Oh my you god, know, I'm so ready in. for the next season of The Boys. Oh, uh, Jensen Ackles on my to, TV screen. Jensen Ackles was talking about that and he was describing that on the Michael Rosenbaum Inside of You podcast about how um, that character is set up and who he is. And it's very interesting because that character oh, see, now essentially... I'm kind of iffy about, I don't, I don't know if I want to know about the character or not. Well, I think if you, I think it's probably from the general synopsis or description of that character is out there. I, I mean, like I've not, I've actively not watched any prom- promos or looked up anything about the boys. So all mm-hmm. I know is like, Jensen Eccles is going to be on my TV screen. Okay, I well, I won't anything. say anything else. Yeah, about so it. that kind of makes me not want to listen to that episode. I well and so there is a there's a section where he's talking about the supernatural finale as well Mm -hmm. and the decision for what and I haven't watched that yet so I had to fast forward through through that section so maybe you could listen to it and just fast forward through the parts about I'll just probably wait until the boys comes out (laughs) (laughs) um and I meet the character then I'll probably listen to it but yeah I I kind of avoided a lot of that I did the same thing with a bit of the spider-man stuff because I didn't want to know everything Mm mm-hmm no, like I wanted to, I didn't want a bit of surprise um, on those things. Let's see. Do I have anything else? Um, but this is also not on the same Earth as the other Arrowverse shows. Mm, so they're okay. on a different Earth. Um, which is now as exciting to know, like, are they establishing a new Earth? Like, are they on an Earth where other characters exist? Like, maybe... Um, the Stargirl characters, because they're on Earth 2. Um, where are you at? No, no, because I think they know about superheroes. Yeah, no, they know about superheroes on that Earth. So, Can I ask is- a question that's probably going to be dumb, but especially to all of you, like, you know, um, comic book lovers who are, you know, drenched in this world more so than I am, but like, why is it called the Arrowverse and not like the Superverse? Like, why because is it named after are, the air, like Green are, Arrow? Because they're all this whole world spun off of that show. Like Arrow. Okay, like, so Flash Arrowverse off- is related to the show specifically. Yeah, like that so term. specific to the shows that run on the CW and and how they're built from the world that spun off from the Arrow series okay okay yeah. that makes sense to me because i was like wait is that what it's known throughout the dc world and i'm like why would it be known that and not like named after superman <laughs> no no no. It's so yeah that that's why those shows are referred to as the arrowverse but they really so when they they, they did this um was it crisis on infinite earth whenever green arrow died they um merged all the earth into one earth but then a whole new multiverse was spun off and there are different shows now are on different earths so like star girl is on its own earth but everything on the cw well star girl's on the cw so star girl's not on earth prime at this point well no 
Superman and Lois is, but they just don't mention Supergirl, and that's a whole thing that's very annoying. Um, yeah, because they're related, right? Right. Yeah, they're, they're cousins. But yeah, um, but like whenever they make the inevitable Green Lantern core series on HBO Max, it'll have its own Earth, and like the Justice League Dark stuff will be on its own Earth, and like Doom Patrol is on its own Earth, and the Titan series is on its own Earth. So like they all exist within the same multiverse, but they don't operate on the same Earth. Gotcha. Also, the Superman that we could see from the side on this Earth looks very much like Brandon Routh's version of Superman from the crossover, the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. And so I'm like, oh. Okay, I did wonder, I actually thought it looked like uh, Tyler Hecklin's. Do you think it looked like Tyler Hecklin's? The costume looked very similar to Brandon Routh. I, I was looking more of what, at uh, his build. Like his I really got stature. But you never know. No, you Tyler, could absolutely but Tyler Hecklin right. is their current Superman in, in, on Earth Prime. So it's very likely that they could have him pull double duty. But I'm not sure. I think Naomi is being filmed in Atlanta and I think Superman and Lois is being filmed Naomi's being filmed in Atlanta I think Superman and Lois is in Canada but I'm not sure but in the Superman and Lois um earth is aren't superheroes acknowledged because they're yeah. the same one no, as Supergirl so yeah. I'm like it can't be the same yeah no right? all those are on earth prime Naomi's not on earth prime okay yeah Oh God, whiplash! <laughs> yeah. Oh, the multiverse. Um, so I'm I'm very interested to know how everything's going to go. I'm very interested in the the mystery that they set up, and I want to know how they're going to adapt their story from the book. Um, there have been a couple of like small differences that I'm interested to see why they made those choices for the show, like. One of them was that adopted kids are chosen line that she gives Nathan at the top of the series. That is something her, in the comic book, her therapist says to her when they're talking about her love of Superman. And she was like, well, do you know why people identify with Superman? Specifically orphan. And that's why. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm, I would like to know if they're going to have her in therapy on the show. Um, mm. I thought it was great that they they normalized that and put it in the book, you know. She doesn't seem like someone who needs it. <laughs> you know, well, like, I mean, you know, she, I don't know, well, that may be in the second episode, so I'm not going to say that. Um, and then, like, the dad, Barry Watson, yes, I will continue love watching him on my TV screen. In the book, he is a little bit more of a dad bod. And uh, he is not in the military. So I'm interested to know why they chose to put him in the military for this show. Well, I kind of took it. That's going to relate to, okay. Well, I kind of took it as like, there's such a huge, obviously a huge emphasis on being a hero. Um, it's all essentially built on that. I think that concept of that. And mm -hmm. I think that, it was a way to sort of create a parallel maybe between she and her dad and her like 
love and fascination for heroes like Superman because her dad essentially is a military service member. You one might say he's considered a hero of the like a of the country. Um, so that's how I kind of took that's that was my instant thought whenever I realized like, oh, that's that's cool that they they gave him his own sort of superhero like cape so to speak and she has an admiration for superman and and then is going to become a hero herself and like it it just it felt organically connected to me um well there's there's other bits of like his character's history that i'm wondering if they're going to adapt Mm. and how and i I do not like that you know all of this you know more than me (laughs) i don't like this i wish you would have just like waited and not watched any of the other and not read any of the books until we recorded this because now i feel like i'm in the dark and you have all the light (laughs) um well there's just there's some good stuff about her dad and like the the place and the overall like I don't know. I don't even want to like. No, don't say anything else. Nothing else. We definitely will have to do a follow up episode when the show is Absolutely. finished, um, just to kind of talk about some of those things. Because I'm inter- I'm really interested to see where they go, and how they're going to develop Naomi. Like, are we going to see Superman again? Who's playing Superman? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I just what I I think what I really overall about the show loved is like there's diversity. Naomi is able to be completely fluid in who she's attracted to and she's fully embraced by her friends and her family. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And the show just, it feels great. I love a, a Scooby team. And that's what we got when they broke into Zambato's uh, mm-hmm. dealership and it rolls into the second episode. So I'm like, I love a mm-hmm. Scooby gang. As a Buffy fan, you know I will always stand a Scooby gang. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, who's your favorite character or like your favorite moment from the pilot? I, you know, I'm really going to go with Annabelle. I just love her so much. You know, she's, she's very be cornerstone. And there's this, um, the scene like after Naomi passes out in the, um, during the big debate scene and her parents leave and Annabelle is, okay, now that they're gone, Let's talk about the important thing here. You drive now? (laughs) And while they're talking and she's like, now we have to get a car. This is like, well, neither of us have a job. And then she's like, I don't really like to drive. I'd rather be driven. And I was like, same. Yes. Same. same. That was, that was it for me. And you know how it said, I'm, I love the off screen voiceover stuff. That was one of those. Cause I think the camera cut back to Naomi at that time. And you just hear her say, (laughs) I don't like to drive. I'd rather be driven. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. So that was that. But I truly love Annabelle. I think she's going to be a great um, character for this show. And I want to see her develop too. Yeah. What about you? I I also found her very likable um, from Jump. But I... I don't know that I really have like a favorite just yet, but I do, I am fascinated with D. Mm-hmm, like, I mm-hmm. just, I want to know, I, at first he's annoying to me because I don't know. I just hate that whole like concept of like this 
this character knowing all the things and then the main characters in the dark and then they're not giving you the whole story they're like like he kind of is like he drops some clues and then he takes it back you know at, at one point right. and he's like oh I shouldn't have said that I'm like no sh- say it all like you're being annoying <laughs> so but I I I am very fascinated by him and then when he, he reveals at the end those giant ass robotic looking wings like I'm like <laughs> yes i want to know <laughs> everything about you sir and also he's just very pleasant to look at <laughs> so good to look at and they did such a great so he is a very like hulking uh being in the comic book like much bigger than he is on the show but i think mm-hmm. they did a great job of putting that cw hotness on their casting mm-hmm. um d looks fantastic and they did an even better job of making sure they adapt those tattoos because D has some great markings on in the book mm-hmm. so I'm, I was like oh that's so cool that they did make sure that they were able to like adapt those those markings and then I'm like what if that is your real ink and what is fake for the show mm. I'm intrigued to know either way I you know I have a I have a special place for a sleeve tattoo mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, I was, I'm definitely excited to see more about D. What do you want to have learned by the end of the season? I think this is a 13 or 15 show season. I want to up. know, like, I want to know everything about where, who she is, what she is, where she comes from, how she got there. Why is her adoption date so important? And what the hell are her powers? <laughs> like, I think more than anything, I want to understand and know better. Like, what are your powers supposed to be? Like, yeah. are you, do we affect the natural elements? Like, what is that? That's fascinating to me. Um, because there's so much, everything's just shrouded in mystery, mm-hmm. which I think is the goal there. And yeah. um, I, I think I predict, because CW does this with their shows, um, a lot i predict that she is going to lose someone close to her and by the end of the first season uh and that's going to impact her um evolution as a character and as a superhero i think it's gonna add a little bit of darkness to this world that we haven't seen yet um, because it it's the pilot very much opens very with a very light energy it's very like skippity doodah you know mm-hmm. in a way it feels and um and then there's a little bit of mystery that adds a little flare of dark but it's not deeply rooted I feel but I I suspect like in a lot of CW shows someone very close to the main character is going to be if they don't lose their life they're going to be affected in a very negative way and it's going to lead to um some very difficult moments and maybe decisions for Mm. naomi is that's that's just my very immediate like sort of prediction i guess after based on what i know about cw shows and Mm -hmm. superhero origin stories trauma it's yes. CW trauma. I I emailed uh, Superman and Lois Radio with some like thoughts on where they're going to go with one of the characters, and I almost signed it. This could all be my CW trauma talking. 
because we know. But it, there are certain tropes that they're slowly breaking, like the holding on to secrets for like 12 episodes, you know? It's because they've been he- hearing you bitch about it for years now. Like, that's the thing that you have been screaming into the, <laughs> oh my the God. universe about uh. for a while now. And I can't agree with you more. I feel like that's something that a lot of people probably, you know, share in their opinion. Because yeah. it, it's very exhausting. It's just like... It it's it stressful is. to watch anything like a show particularly go on for episodes and episodes and seasons and seasons mm-hmm. it wears you out as a viewer yes. you know yes yeah emotional terrorism stop <laughs> it stop it cw hey, it's the cw emo- like emotional terrorists like oh man <laughs> hot take hot take okay <laughs> uh but that is that's uh i guess that'll wrap up our thoughts on naomi jonah do you have any any other any other uh thoughts or comments about the show or questions no just that our listeners or anyone who's interested in listening can find us on uh our website at anchor.fm slash rewind dash podcast uh also on apple podcast breaker cast box google podcast overcast pocket cast radio public spotify and stitcher wherever you get those pods yeah subscribe we're trying, to, we're trying to be all over the place um you can also uh, follow us on social if you're interested you can check us out on facebook at the rewind podcast one or you can just search for the rewind podcast you can follow us on twitter at the rewind underscore pod you can follow us on instagram at the rewind podcast or on the tiktok at the rewind pod one We'd love for you to shoot us an email to the rewind podcast one at gmail.com. We'd love to hear like your own kind of hot takes or your theories for any of the TV shows or films that we discuss, or if you have any recommendations as well, um, you know, shoot us an email or go on to our website uh, and leave us a voice message or rewind previous episodes while you're there and, and get caught up. Yes, and leave us a message about those. Like, I just, I, you know what? I just want to see the voice message feature work. At yes, the end of the day. I mean, just one. Like, can we just, just get one voice honest. message? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to hop in and give you my socials. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at Keeks with a camera, K E E K S with a camera. Um, I am going to be doing my best to post more. I let me see. I do my best to post more. <laughs> and, do, I, do you have like a uh, script? I don't. No, I'm like I really thought I was gonna say something. No, and I I do <laughs> I do a really great job of posting stories, and they may be funny, they may be informative, uh, but just check them out. And you can also follow me on Twitter at the KT Walker Jonah. How can they find you? Oh, you can find me on the Insta at JS Taylor Rides or on Twitter at Quirky Rider Guy or on TikTok at JS Taylor Rides as well. Awesome. So everyone, thank you again for joining us and listening to Naomi's, uh, our review on Naomi. I hope you watch the episode and you tell us what you think about it. Then uh, listen to the episode and tell us how you felt about our thoughts about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just keep Just keep messaging us. Review Uh, our review. (laughs) Yes. And uh, everyone, please be kind.
And I fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, something goes off. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Hey, everyone, be kind. And please rewind. Goodbye. Bye. My face is so red for you. <laughs> I don't know. Just be kind and listen to the rewind.